Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the pro peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action. Uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast, first episode for this Tour de France 2018. And it's such a pleasure to be back in France and such a pleasure to be back with Dave Mackenzie. Maka, how are you? We are back in France. Can you believe it's been a year? Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. I know, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. That's your, that's your title. I've stolen I forgot. it. I forgot. Te- my French is terrible, but no, I am excited to be back here, Christophe. I'm so happy that you're back uh, with us again this year. And of course, the podcast, the Zwift podcast. Look, I think now we're just itching to get this tour underway. But firstly, I mean, how was your drive from Moscow? You've come straight from the World Cup in the louder, drove straight across. I mean, gee, that's a that's a tough, tough drive. It's a bit worse. I, I took our good old uh, French national air like, not just the drive, but uh, that's a different story. Uh, look, Moscow was awesome, uh, but I'm so glad to be back part on, on cycling. I've been edging uh, to do it for, for quite a while. As you know, this is my passion. So uh, I, I reckon we're going to have an awesome tour. And it's shaping up to be quite an interesting tour for us, but for also for, for the public. It is, it is. And, and we've got a bunch of Aussies, 11 Australians in the race. So that's, that's above average of what we've had in recent years. So that's really healthy. We've got one that can win the race um, and they're staying in the same hotel as us. So that's been a treat for us on arrival. Obviously, BMC and Richie Port. Do you think there was planned for our genius producer, Kat Whelan? Was this planned for having us in the BMC team? Well, I think our, our genius producer, she's also a little bit superstitious. And as we drove in and she saw the, the BMC trucks and buses, she, she said, I have a good feeling about this year's race. So I am running with it all the way, hopefully, to Paris. Absolutely. We know last year, uh, Richie had this such terrible crash, uh, which ended uh, pretty much his season and, and, of course, his hope at the Tour de France. How do you think he would be feeling coming towards this Tour de France this year? With a revenge? With a, with a, a wanting to just put things right? Or as a rider, as a cyclist, it's a new day, a new dawn, a new year? Exactly that, that that last comment you say, a new day, a new year. And he's, he's not here for revenge, he's here for unfinished business. And as he said in the press conference, uh, which I was at, uh, what, two days ago, he said, I'm not getting any younger. So he knows the clock is ticking on his peak of his career. He's hopefully got still quite a few more years left in him, but in the peak of his career, it's now. It's right now. It's this year, you know, and he's in great shape. He won Tour de Suisse. He's ready to go. I think he, I thought he won it in great fashion as well. Of course, uh, he outclimbed Nadal Quintana on one of the key mountain stages, and he did it convincingly. So he's ready to go, and, um, you know, he's got a strong team behind him and a really well-balanced team for all of the stages, and we'll delve more into that as the race goes. But the first nine days, gee, it's got a bit of everything, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how much would you say, coming back again to that crash, and I finished, uh, we, know, we won't talk about it yeah. uh, this year, hopefully, but that crash last year changed his program for the end of the year. Therefore, did that change the program for the beginning of the year, which would have an impact here? Like sort of the butterfly effect? Or am I reading too much into it? Um, no, not really. Look, maybe, maybe not. I, I think maybe they, they looked at his whole new year uh, uh, differently anyway and wanted to try and 
um, shake it up a little bit. And he did say in the press, he said, normally, you know, I've been used to getting ready for, for tour down under in Australia in January. He said, it's summer, you're training lots. And he said, you've got great form. Whereas he's had a lot slower start to the year and probably in due part to his crash. He, he just had a real slow build-up. He did race the Tour of J uh, Japan Cup at the end of last season. Oblique, he just rolled around, and but he said he was just so happy to be back on the bike. Um, but, you know, his program is different this year, and I think um, for the betterment of his performance, hopefully, at this year's race. So I think he got a little bit sick um, at one point leading into Torino Adriatico, one of those. So that was a really small setback. I think it was more... They were just being cautious, so they didn't. They took him out of that race, uh, you know, uh, at the very beginning. So, but anyway, he's here, he's healthy, and as I said, good team around him, strong management. They've been here before, and they've done it before, and with an Australian. So, I just hope history can repeat itself. The slight change this year, they, they've lost their legendary owner, uh, BMC. Uh, going into that uh, that year, Tour de France, do, does that change their mindset or not? No, I don't think so. And look, interestingly enough, and you, you, you're obviously referring to Andy Reese, the owner of BMC, passed away a few months ago. And he, he was, I mean, we got to meet him a couple of times, obviously at Tour de France and at other races. He, he seemed like a such a lovely guy and so obviously a sad time for them but there's been no discussion of that and that's I guess why they're not here they're, they're here to race their bikes and I'm sure Andy that would have been the the word echoed from his family and etc you know get out there and do that that brand proud because that's what he wanted and you know what what is pleasing on that respect that he did get to win the Tour de France Andy Reese before before he left left this world and you know I'm sure he'd be up there watching them uh, urging them on Okay, uh, before we, uh, I was just going to wrap up on BMC, but look who's walking past. Oh, check it out. It's Gero, the old man. Gero, come on, come on over. Oh, man, that's a little bit rough, <laughs> isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I see I made the list of the oldest oldest guys in the Tour de France, um, but there's still a couple ahead of me. And you know what? I mean, our, our hair length is about the same. You've got a little bit more in the middle than I have, but you know what? I can see one grey hair. Is that the stress of what is coming for you? What's ahead? You're just a little bit tense. Uh, a little bit tense. I think everyone's a little bit um, anxious leading into the first stage. Uh, but once we get the race underway, um, you know, things tend to take a rhythm and, and you take it really, uh, everything as it comes. But uh, yeah, there's a big build up for the first stage, that's for sure. In a, on a serious note, we make all jokes about it, but it's an important role for you, isn't it, this year? And it's, you, you've transitioned a little bit in the last couple of years of your career, but this year especially, I think, you are a real team leader. Uh, team captain, I should say, and you're going to be in Richie's ear, I guess, quite a lot, just giving him advice, even off the bike and uh, mentally, psychologically, because you guys, you got a big opportunity to, to become the second Australian to, to win the Tour de France. Yeah, that's right. I think my um, my role has really evolved over the last couple of years. I came from a leadership role where I was the guy uh, that teams turned to to try and get results. And, and now I have a leadership role in a different way, and that's to try and get the best out of the team to support our team leader, which is Richie. Um, I've had some great experience in the Tour de France and the experience of leading teams, and um, I, hopefully I think that'll make a big, uh, big part of uh, Richie's success this year. And Simon, how are you personally, physically feeling? towards this, uh, this Tour de France. You've got so much experience compared to any other years. How are you entering this, uh, this race this year? I'm feeling really good um, leading into this year's event. Um, I've worked really hard in training. I've done a lot of training camps. I uh, spent a lot of time with kind of the climbing group uh, here at BMC. Uh, we've reconned a lot of the mountain stages in this year's tour. So my preparation's been fantastic. As far as my condition goes, 
I've been focusing on different things in this year's build-up. So I'm in sort of different condition uh, to what I've been here at in the past. But I feel like I'm in good shape, um, as is all the team. So we're looking forward to it. And right. one, sorry, one last question for me. Uh, as a racer, as a rider, how do you feel just the, the day before starting that race? you got all this planification, the plan is, is in your head, but you, are you sort of itchy fit to start? Very much so. It's sort of, sort of a big countdown to get the race underway. I know uh, a lot of the public, a lot of the fans are counting down to getting the race started, but no one more than us. So we're really looking forward to, to stage one and really getting this big show on the road. I'm, yeah, and, and one last question for me, and um, gee, I, I really cannot wait for the Parvay Day. Now I'm thinking, you left, I reckon Scott, you left on pretty good terms, fair to say. You got some good mates there. I reckon Maddie Heyman and Durbo, they owe, they just owe, you know, the Aussies a little bit of support. So I would like to think they will just assist yourself, Greg, and obviously Richie on the wheel onto that first parve sector. Do you think you could, you know, you're going to have a couple of words to them? I mean, Matty Heyman's the one to talk to. He's the old man like you. You're going to meet somewhere on a certain level. <laughs> uh, those guys definitely have a super strong team for the Parve stage, but um, you listen, I think in the BMC racing team, we've got uh, a few boys that are no slash on the Parve either. You know, we've obviously got uh, Greg Van Avermaet, we've got Mickey Shah, we've got Stefan Kung, guys that race uh, Paru Bay every year, um, and I think they're going to be real key riders for Richie on that day. So, so basically, what he's saying is, we he doesn't he doesn't know Heyman or Durbo. Wait, wait till we tell them that. Scaro. <laughs> he's getting a bit nasty in his old age. I think they're going to have their work cut out looking after Adam Yates on that day. They don't have to worry about us. Uh, we better let you go, Gero. Thanks for having a quick chat to us. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. No worries, guys. Uh, that was Simon Gerrans. What a, what a legend uh, Gero is. If we, if we move on from BMC, you've been to the team presentation uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, obviously, we've heard and read and, and seen all this footage about uh, Chris Froome being booed by the, the French crowd. Uh, what's your take on it? Because you actually were there. Uh, were you booing? No, I wasn't booing. I was, Sorry, I was, I'm just testing you. <laughs> trick question. I was, wasn't sure whether to say yes or no then. Um, no, I was, I was listening. Uh, look, he got booed a bit last year. I think the booing has gone up another notch. And obviously, because of everything that has happened, we don't need to go into it. Uh, if, you, if you don't know what's going on, well, you've been obviously living on Mars for the last four weeks. Or you can refer to previous podcasts because we've been uh, <laughs> yes. talking a lot about it. Yes, correct, correct. So, no, look, it was interesting. Um, yeah, they, they certainly were booing the team. Team Sky, they, they had smirks on their face and they didn't care. They didn't look like they cared. I beg to differ in some respect that there will be a little bit of nervousness, I think, for Chris and, and maybe for team management more so about his safety on the race. There's 12 million people uh, that they say are roadside. It only takes one silly person, one nasty person with a bad streak to do something wrong. And, you know, it's not something we want to talk about, but if we don't, we're not addressing the elephant in the room. So. Let's hope there are nothing like that happens. Let's hope he has a clean race, <laughs> pardon the pun, but let's hope he has a smooth race without mishaps um, and may the best man win. But taking away from that some of the other riders, I spoke to quite a few of the Australians as well. Heinrich Hausler, he was interesting. He is here as part of that core inner group of Vincenzo Nibali, a man who was built to ride and win Grand Tours. And he, so he was interesting talking about Vincenzo Nibali. He said, they don't speak English at all in the team meetings, race radio, everything's in Italian. And, and Heinrich said, I don't, my Italian's non existent. So he said, I've had to really sort of try and improve that. But he said, I'm honoured to race for Nibali. He can't wait for the Parve stage. So, so there's another team who've got some strong riders. And Nibali, 
is potentially the best GC guy who knows how to handle himself on the parvey. How can we not forget uh, a couple of years ago when he won the race, a few years ago now, in the pouring rain on that parvey sector and he just rode clear of most of the peloton with a couple of teammates. So, yeah, there's so much to talk about, so much to analyse. You can overanalyse at the very start, but all in all, what I think is really good is that we've got a lot of GC guys who can challenge for overall victory and they're all in good nick, they're in good shape, they're healthy and they're ready to go. What about Mitchelson Scott uh, starting lineup? Uh, was interesting because Caleb Ewan is not here even though he was promised that start uh, so although the fact that he must be spewing wherever he is uh, how do you think that's affected the team? Well it's just affected how they the makeup because Caleb was in his mind he was hopefully going to bring two lead out men two extra lead out men other than who are in the team even though for that first stage they could have wanting to be bagging a, a, a very quick win on that first stage yeah. which that may change the strategy are or you, not are you on the payroll of uh, Mitchell and Scott because you're just you're just going in on an angle here aren't you look listen mate he's not here <laughs> move on nothing to see here folks nothing to see here no <laughs> look it's it's going to be banter it's going to be talk and you know what will be interesting how their race unfolds if Adam Yates does not fire if he does not fire then the critics will say I told you so you should have taken Caleb they've made the decision I agree with the decision you know I have to say initially I wasn't sure what what I probably didn't agree with they should never have announced that he was going to the tour they did that I think in January uh, the start of the year and at that time I thought to myself don't do that. You're setting yourself up, uh, not for failure, but you're setting your, your shoot. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot already because now, no matter what happens, if you go against that, you're going to look bad. But they've defended their their decision and they've said he hasn't had. They've they've worked on the sprint train for a couple of years. They've expected a bit more from him. I know he's still quite young, but that's the demands of professional cycling. And they're confident, Adam Yates. Let's not forget he was fourth two years ago. So it's not like he's coming in here cold. He, he was fourth in the Tour de France two years ago. So he's back and he has every chance. He, he, he's, a, he's a contender as well in his own right. So I think they've made the right call. Uh, moving on to uh, Sunweb, Bling, uh, such an amazing year last year. I think we, rela we related it enough in this podcast and in all the uh, SBS coverage we did over the last year. Can he repeat the performance? or will it be difficult for him to match up what he did last year? He won't repeat the performance, I believe, and it'll be difficult, and I'll tell you why, because he said himself uh, in, at the team's presentation, I interviewed him, and he said, look, it's, it's disappointing, I can't defend the green. So he came straight out and said that to me. I wasn't even asking him, is he looking forward to defending the green? I just said, you're yeah, 12 months down the track, you know, after winning the green. So he said, all of the team's eggs are in the Tom Dumoulin basket. That is the team's objective. He will get one or two opportunities. And he said, I am looking forward to the Meur de Bretagne uh, stage, the stage that Cadell Evans won when he won the Tour de France quite a few years back now. So, and Dumoulin, I interviewed after him, and then I questioned him about Matthews, and he said, look, Michael will get a couple of opportunities. But he said, yeah, the team structure is here to support me. But what Michael did say was, he said, I think I can help him in the mountains, on the, on the lower slopes of the mountains. So I think he's relishing his role here. And for a guy who won the green jersey and, and a stage win, I mean, that's a, that's a big call to say at the very beginning. You know, he's putting his own aspirations to a certain degree on the side. But he said, you know, the team backed me in last year and he said, now I have to repay the team.
Uh, moving on to the, the Frenchies, uh, and uh, I think Sunweb is a good is a good uh, link for this because Warren Bargill uh, changed team, so we're just going to start with him. Uh, I always thought it was a bit of a strange move, yes. riding on the success he had last year. He's, he's taking on uh, Fortuneo, uh, which is not a top tier uh, team. They are invited uh, to this race. Uh, he's got everything to defend, including that Polkello jersey. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Can we just uh, ask our listeners? <laughs> I know you can't answer, but who's heard of Fortuno? And that, that was just a tumbleweed I heard in crickets. <laughs> it's right. It was a, I think we were all surprised, weren't we? And like you say, the success and the camaraderie that we sort of saw last year at Sunweb. But sometimes on the exterior, it's not always what it is on the inside. And, and I think that's what it was. He probably wanted to move. And maybe he said, I want to go back home to a French squad. So he's done that. I think and, and a Brittany team, because it's, yeah. that's where he's from. His roots, yeah. that it's very local. The team is from yeah. within 100 kilometers radius from where he lives, born, starting to race. You can understand that. You Totally, you can understand that. So I think he's going to have a battle, though, living up and achieving what he did last year. So it's always hard, isn't it? You're, unfortunately, you're only as good as your last performance and you're compared against your last performance. And for him, it's the Tour de France as a Frenchman, absolutely. So um, he'll have his work cut out. However, saying that, what we saw of him last year was nothing short of exceptional and exciting, wasn't it? And um, I hope he has success because I think we loved interviewing him as well. His English is, is good, so for people like me, uh, he's great to interview and uh, to get another another angle and uh, so I think we'll watch we'll watch him really closely won't we what about Balde uh, because is if from coming from a French point of view and um, from my French uh, roots he feels a lot like it's this year or never and it's hard to say never is never but this year is lining up probably a bit better for him uh, can he deliver do you think can he go that one step further than he's already been and win this thing Absolutely, and there's a couple of things that come to my mind that I'll talk about with Bardet, and uh, one of them is we saw a, a picture of him in a French online site uh, early in the year, February, March. He was out wrecking the Parve sectors. Now, we're talking Feb, March, people. If, if I need to remind you, that's winter over here. It's very cold. And up north, northern France, Belgium, it's freezing. So he was out there wrecking doing course recce's back then. We know his technical skills are fantastic. His descending skills are good. He's obviously a great climber. The only Achilles heel, and I don't know yet, is his time trialling. Do, do you think he's- His time trial, sorry. And so there's two, there's twofold there. How will his team go in the team's time trial? And then how will he go in the individual? Do you think they've done some serious work around this for him, knowing this is where it needs to be sorted and this is if there are contenders to win this Tour de France, they need to deliver on that time trial, which is so determinant on, on not get, not dropping too much time, actually, in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd be, I think his ultimate goal in the, in the time trialling would be to come out and not lose time, not gain it. Forget that, just don't lose any. I mean, that's a win. That's a massive win for someone like him. So you'd like to think so. I mean, it'd be great to have Baden Cook <laughs> right here, right now, part owner of Factor Bikes, who are the sponsor, um, because they do so much now, bike companies, in the development, the technology, the wind tunnel testing, um, you know, and he'd give us a great insight into that. Surely, surely they would have. But it's not just post Tour de France last year. 
this had been building for probably two, three years because his time trialling has always been a bit lacklustre. So he knows it's his Achilles heel. We don't have to uh, remind him of that. It's just whether or not they've done the work to improve it. And some, you know, some, some riders like himself, they're really only going to improve marginally. Um, but they have to. They have to improve marginally. They have to try and get the very best they can be at time trialling. But we know how much the so-called marginal gains are important in the sport. Well, apparently. <laughs> that, that's, that's, uh, you're, now you're sounding like Team Sky, the marginal gains. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. They are. And, uh, you know, talking to one of the mechanics here earlier from BMC who focuses a lot on the time trialling and not just the time trialling. He goes out and does course recce's. He, he thinks about the equipment. He's part of the wind tunnel testing he's in there so it's you know it's not just you know a sports scientist or a scientist in a lab that the team comes in and says oh right I take over the mechanic will go in and have discussions so there's a lot of people that are involved in that okay and then uh, what else takes your fancy and I'm not talking about the uh, the Loire Valley wines uh, what else takes his fancy this year in, in this very beginning of the tour oh gee I'm just saying not the Loire, not the Loire Valley wines oh well I was going to use that well I had some nice creamy food last night so uh, but I mean that's a bit cliche isn't it we're in France um, no look it's a, it's a normandy of the event it's a huge event um, you know we still might have the world cup football on but it's now tour de france time in france and uh, the team presentation had a massive crowd massive crowd uh, as they always do and so it's just that it's that build up towards you know the grander part that's what we call it and um you know annually it's the biggest event sporting event in the world and so nothing's changed uh you know there's plenty of people i think anticipating and anxious to get it underway and, and we're no different are we in the in the the tv side the media side we're anxious now to just to start this event off absolutely and then uh, that was the podcast number one maca uh, from uh, from vendee from uh, from not too far from the, the the start of this year thank you for your time and uh, we look forward to uh, see you in our next uh, 20 plus episodes we'll see well this is a pre one so 21 to go bring it on absolutely thank you uh, that was it for the zwift cycling central podcast on this uh, preview of the race 2018 remember you can download stream and even subscribe to our website and tell your friends actually about it uh, from our website svs.com.au slash cycling central until the tour really starts tomorrow it's bye for now from Vendée from France The SBS podcast brings you daily recaps of the Tour de France and Zwift brings you even closer to the pros. Zwift, our sponsor, turned indoor training into a full-on experience. Cyclists around the world log on to train, socialize and race virtually. You'll even see plenty of tour riders hopping on Zwift on their rest days, meaning you could be riding shoulder to shoulder with some of the world's greats, which is awesome. Ride and climb in Zwift without ever leaving your home. It's a great thing to do while you're watching the tour. So start Zwifting with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com.